The Endless Royal Rumble finally ended. Welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast, an instant reaction uh, to the 2019 Royal Rumble that lasted four hours. No, no, that's exaggerating. That No, 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 I'm right. Four hours and 52 minutes. That's how long this thing lasted. And that doesn't include the pre-show. And I did my best. I said tonight, I am not turning the freaking television on until 7 o'clock. I understand there's a U.S. title match and there's a cruiserweight title match. So really, if you wanted to invest even more time, this could have been a seven-hour night. And it finally ended. And maybe that leads me to say this, that bias leads me to say that this is overall a very underwhelming Royal Rumble. And we'll go through it all, all right? I've already stayed up this late. I'll continue it. I'll talk endlessly about this Royal Rumble. But it just was blah. It wasn't very good. And it wasn't very surprising. You know, we did a Royal Rumble preview podcast, and my prediction was Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. That's exactly what happened. Now, we got there maybe in a surprising way, I guess. But the results were not shocking and by the way that's not necessarily a bad thing I think Seth Rollins is a fine Royal Rumble winner I think him winning leaves the question of who he's going to challenge as a fairly open question I think we know he's going to challenge Brock Lesnar I think we figure he's going to challenge Brock Lesnar but the idea of Seth Rollins going to SmackDown and taking on Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship is not the worst it's not bad I don't think Rollins and Bryan have had any big-time matches, any pay-per-view matches over the years. Seth is obviously the ultimate face. Daniel Bryan is the heel. Uh, the evolution of his character continues. So if they want to drag this thing out for a while, they can. They can leave that question open of who Seth Rollins is going to challenge. And when you look at the alternatives, he was the best option. When you look at the 30 guys they rolled out tonight for this Royal Rumble... Can you honestly tell me there was a better option? Was Elias a better option? Was Jeff Jarrett a better option? I'll literally name every single person in this Rumble. I wrote it down. Shinsuke? No. Kurt Angle? No. Big E? No. Johnny Gargano, who I'm not that familiar with, but apparently he's, you know, people love him in NXT. No, he's not coming up here and winning the Rumble. Jinder Mahal? No way. Samoa Joe? Unfortunately, it feels like that ship has sailed. Uh, Kurt Hawkins, no. Titus O'Neil, no. Kofi, no. Mustafa Ali, no. Dean Ambrose right now doesn't feel like a guy you're putting in the main event for a championship, so he's a no. No way, Jose, no. Drew McIntyre, we'll put him to the side, maybe. Okay. Xavier Woods, no. Pete Dunne, no. Andrade, no. Apollo Crews, no. Aleister Black, no. Uh, Shelton, no. Corbin, no. Hardy, no. Mysterio, no. Lashley, no. Strowman to the side, no on Ziggler. So really, when you look at the 30 guys in this thing, oh, I forgot a few people. Who else did I forget? Uh, Randy Orton and then R-Truth slash Nia Jax, which, which I'll get to in a second. You really didn't have a lot of great options. I was not a fan of Braun Strowman winning because God knows we cannot see a Braun Strowman-Brock Lesnar match. Either they were going to give it to us here at the Royal Rumble or I don't want to see it again. So Rollins is a good option. He really is. Even if it felt predictable 
over the last few weeks. He has had a pretty good year. Sometimes I feel like they have forced him as a face, and this happens all the time. When a guy is a badass heel and people really like him and starts to get some pops, and then they turn him face, they make that face a little bit too facey, if you know what I mean. That sometimes feels like the case with Seth Rollins. But you know what the bottom line is with Seth? He's a hell of a wrestler. And I think we can all picture him as champion, and he probably deserves another run as the universal Endor WWE champion. So I think they got it right as far as who to go to. But I just went through the list of the 30 guys in this Rumble. Didn't it feel like a very, you know, didn't have a lot of depth. You want to go into a Rumble thinking there are five to ten guys who can legitimately win. And really it was Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, and Drew McIntyre. And the problem with Drew McIntyre, who has been getting this mega push lately, is, okay, he wins the Rumble, then what? You're going to go Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar? I mean, right now they're both kind of heels. That's not going to work. You're going to go Drew McIntyre, Daniel Bryan? That's not going to work either. So even though McIntyre is probably going to continue to get this big push, it didn't make sense for him to win the Royal Rumble. So they got it right with Seth Rollins, but it was just an underwhelming 30-man match. There wasn't a lot there. And you know what I hated about it? Well, there's a few things I hated about it. But let me start with the first thing I hated about it. I like the person who drew number one and the person who drew number two to kind of set the tone for the match. When we did our Royal Rumble retrospective podcast a few weeks ago, I commented about the brilliantness. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm pissed tired, so it doesn't matter. The brilliance, there you go, of Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, the year after they were the final two guys being the first two guys. There was something cool about that. Even when Axe and Smash back at the beginning was one and two, there was something cool about that. You give me... Elias and Jeff Jarrett and you do that stupid act where they're about to perform together first of all Corey Graves was spot on we have all sat here for four hours we don't need any more filler bring the first two guys out let's have a match that's it and Jeff Jarrett yeah here's all you need to know about double J Jeff Jarrett so initially when his music goes off he doesn't even get that big of a pop now, when you're a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble and it's a nostalgia guy, you're going to get a huge pop. Remember the Dudley boys? Huge pop. Mr. Perfect, when he came back, huge pop. This guy gets half a pop. And then halfway through, he's booed. You want to know why? Because he's Jeff Jarrett. That's why. In the WWE world, Jeff Jarrett sucks. That's the big surprise you're giving me a two? And you're killing even more time than you need to? And really the rest of it. I mean, there weren't any other great surprises. I'm sorry, an NXT guy, even if you're into NXT, you can't get nuts about that as a surprise. So the roster just wasn't that good for this Rumble. The action was okay. It was okay. I was surprised that Lashley was eliminated as quickly as he was. You wonder if he's fully healthy. And I guess they'll continue this Lashley-Seth Rollins feud just a little bit before Rollins picks his WrestleMania opponent since Lashley, after he got eliminated, put Rollins through the table. The other thing is enough of these 
Oh my God, his feet didn't hit the ground. Now he's going to do a handstand and he's going to flip. It's been done. First of all, the idea of that is ridiculous, okay? When they first started this Royal Rumble for like the first 15 years, that was never a thought that, oh, his feet or her feet never touched the ground, so they're technically not eliminated, you know? And it's got to be both feet. So that wrestler with one leg from 15 years ago was never eliminated from the Royal Rumble. I don't know if actually he was even in a Royal Rumble, but remember that guy? Zach Gowan. He was never eliminated, right? Technically. So that whole thing, and it's also, it's been played out. We've seen it for a decade now. And we've seen numerous people do it. Yes, Kofi Kingston is the creator of it, and he had to do some weird thing with Xavier Woods. They got to stop with that. We, we get it. It's been played out. And I'm not sure what the point of the Nia Jax thing was. Our truth being in the Rumble is away, so getting him out, I guess, is fine. But I'm surprised the WWE in 2019 said, let's put a woman in the Men's Royal Rumble and have men, you know, put their finishing move on them, punch them. Uh, I'm surprised they went down that road. But... Here's where I got to give them credit. Even though it wasn't my liking, I just didn't think there was any point of it. That was my big issue. Like, what's the point of Nia Jax being in the Rumble? Where are you going with it? This isn't China in 1999. It did get a pop. The crowd was half asleep, and Nia Jax attacking R-Truth and then coming into the ring and eliminating somebody. I forget who she eliminated. And then Rey Mysterio giving her the 619 and Randy giving her the RKO, which she did not sell very well. It got a reaction. I just didn't see a point of it. Like, well, what the hell was the point of that? So overall, the men's rumble, even though it had a proper winner, kind of sucked. Kind of sucked. Let's go through this card. We'll start at the beginning. Becky Lynch tapping out was bizarre. I get Asuka winning. And the fact that we all knew Becky was going to come back and probably win the Women's Royal Rumble. One thing I've learned as a student of this game is that you can't win too often in the WWE, right? So think back to WrestleMania 10. The opening match of the night, Bret Hart against Owen Hart. Great technical wrestling match. Owen Hart wins with the... The, the victory roll. I think Brett tried to do a victory roll. Owen reversed it and stunningly beats his brother clean one, two, three. Nobody saw it coming. But then it all made sense because later in the night, Brett Hart defeated Yokozuna for the WWE Championship and it made sense. Brett could not win too much. <laughs> and that's what tonight was. Becky Lynch had to lose because she was going to get the victory in the Royal Rumble. So you can't have her win too much. And what I do like about the fact that Becky tapped out, even though I mostly don't like the fact Becky tapped out, was that it did wonders for Asuka. And you could argue, not you could argue, it's true, it did more good for Asuka than any damage it did for Becky Lynch because Becky won the Royal Rumble. She's going to main event WrestleMania, and she's probably going to defeat Ronda Rousey. So ultimately, it's not that big of a deal. I guess it was just stunning that they made her tap out. That, that was the weird part about it. I mean, you could have her pass out. You could have her just get pinned. You know, maybe like a small package, like a real close. You give it a clean finish. I get it because you're trying to put over Asuka 
as champion and make her legitimate. And I think they've now done a good job of building her back up after she lost at WrestleMania to Charlotte and then kind of was doing nothing for a while. They've, they've got her back. I mean, she is champion, and now she's got a tap-out victory over Becky Lynch. That's pretty good. I just think you could have done it. You, you could have gone a different route than having your top red-hot baby face tap out. Like, that doesn't happen. When, when does a top baby face tap out? And I actually answered this on Twitter. I said Hulk Hogan tapped out to Kurt Angle. But at that point, it was old Hulk Hogan just being there to put everybody over. Overall, though, I thought Oscar Becky Lynch was a good choice to open the show. The crowd was into it. The crowd loves Becky Lynch. Oscar's over, too. So it was a good way to start the show. The Miz Shane Barr thing for the tag team titles. What the hell are they doing? First of all, they've ruined the Miz. The Miz was this awesome heel for such a long period of time. He was so over as a heel, I don't know what the hell he is now. He's trying to prove to his daddy that, you know, hey, be proud of me. He's crying after winning the tag team title with Shane McMahon. This guy won the Intercontinental title a million times. This guy main evented Wrestle Freakin' Mania and beat John Cena with the help of The Rock. He's crying because he's tag team champions with Shane McMahon. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I still assume it's leading to a breakup and it's leading towards Miz Shane at WrestleMania, but I, I hate this. I, really, I, I hate the fact that Shane McMahon is being made to look like a legitimate professional wrestler. I find it really annoying. You know, back in the day when he would do his fancy jumps off the top rope and, and take a lot of crazy bumps, and he still does that, sure, we couldn't help but be impressed. But now they're making him a legitimate wrestler. And they've been doing it ever since he came back when him and AJ Styles had that match. So now Shane McMahon is a tag team champion with The Miz. I don't know if they're breaking up the bar. And it's funny because I think Monzo brought that up during our preview. Hey, I'm surprised they've been together so long. And my answer then is my answer now. It'd be a mistake to break up the bar. Because Sheamus and Cesaro on their own will become useless within two months. Like, they'd have a feud because they broke up, and after that, there would be nothing for them creatively. So they have to keep them together. And I'm not sure they're going to break them up. It's just that Sheamus tried to do the bro kick. He accidentally hit Cesaro, and that's what cost them the match. So usually things like that do lead to a breakup. But I, I hate the Miz Shane thing. Are we supposed to like it? Because I don't. Miz is crying. Shane looks old. Now, I want to be fair. Shane did a shooting star press off the top rope. So he, he does do impressive things. He does, and I give him a lot of credit for that. But overall, I, maybe I just look at his face and I say, I can't take him seriously as a wrestler. Now, that was the only men's match in the first, like, two hours of the show. Because remember, it opens with Oscar, Becky Lynch, fine open. You get this tag team match. Then they went to Ronda, Sasha Banks, which is a good match. It, it was a it was a pretty good match. I, I the biggest problem I had with it is the ending, and I don't even mean the ending of the match. The ending of the match was fine. Ronda beat her clean. I think we expected that. Was what they were doing after the match. Ronda's trying to help her up. Yeah, they got to stop making Ronda so nice. Ronda should be a heel. Ronda should be a badass heel. But anyhow. She's helping Sasha up. Sasha's all beat up. Then Sasha says, I'm the boss. I, 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 don't, I don't know what was happening. But 
hey, the women put on good matches. I mean, overall, I think the women matches maybe were the best of the night. I think I said that about the last pay-per-view, too. And they went from that to the women's Royal Rumble. And same criticism I have of the men's. Enough with the two feet not hitting the ground thing. They did that with Naomi where she's walking on the post. I thought she was going to trip. I was actually hoping she would trip to screw the whole thing up. And then she does that long jump on the stands, uh, on the stairs, I should say. And then Mandy Rose eliminates her anyway. I, and then the, the other woman, Cotton Zaro, did the exact same thing. Enough of it. What are we doing? And then they tried to add comedy with uh, Alicia Fox and Maria. And they tried to add more comedy with Hornswoggle scaring, uh, what's her name? Zelina, I forget her name, Zelina Vega. And you know what I noticed? You know what I couldn't stop thinking about? How fat Hornswoggle is. Did Hornswoggle eat Hornswoggle? And I feel bad. He's a tiny guy, so it's easy, I guess, to put on a lot of weight. But my God, he was huge. Natty got the Iron Woman nod because she was in there for close to an hour. And that was a cool ending. I mean, I think we kind of expected it. Becky Lynch ends up taking the spot of, uh, I forget, oh, of uh, Lana, because she was banged up. You knew that. Fit Finley looks like a hero, because Becky's begging Fit Finley, let me in, let me in. Finley's like, ah, geez, okay, fine. And you had the Charlotte-Becky ending with Becky having the injured knee. I still think they're going to work Charlotte into that match. I I still don't believe that when Becky decides she's going to challenge round to Rousey because that's where it's going, I don't believe it's going to be one-on-one. And, you know, usually I'm a big give-me-a-one-on-one match, give me the one-on-one match over the triple threat, over the fatal four-way. I think the storyline fits a three-way, though. So I'm actually good with a three-way match involving Charlotte. I think it makes more sense. So I'm breaking my mold usually. Usually give me one-on-one. I think the triple threat makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure how they're going to get Charlotte into it. I had mentioned maybe they were going to do a screwy ending tonight to lead that way. But I I still think they're going to find a way. And with Asuka, what they do with her on her side, I'm not sure. You know, maybe Sasha Banks gets that opportunity. I, I don't know where they go with the Asuka part of the Women's Championship. But I still think Charlotte gets into that match and we get a triple threat match. Because you know what? If Charlotte's not in that match, she should be fighting for the women's title, right? Or we know she would be fighting for the women's title. And I'm not sure the best route is to go with an Oscar-Charlotte rematch. So I think she'll somehow get into the triple threat match. Now, this is crazy to say, but... They follow up the Women's Royal Rumble, which was over, especially Becky Lynch getting into the match and Becky Lynch winning the match. They follow it with a WWE title match, and the crowd is out of it. Now, keep this in mind. When you have a pay-per-view in a dome, the crowd's never going to sound as good. It's one of the negatives of having any kind of event in a stadium or a dome. The crowd just doesn't. It doesn't pop the way it would in a small arena. I mean, think about it. You put that thing in uh, the Manhattan Center where there's nobody there. Well, you know what I mean. There's a small amount of people there, but in a small space, place sounds electric. Can't hear yourself breathe. Remember Rob Van Dam, John Cena, that ECW pay-per-view? One of the greatest crowd reactions you'll ever see. There's not that many people there. So I understand you're always going to have that issue when you have an event at a stadium like this. 
but the crowd was not into Brian Styles. And they started the match with a 10-minute technical fest. You can't do that when you're trying to wake the crowd up. That's terrible, terrible match placement. They got to know better than that. I thought the match picked it up a little bit later on, and it was halfway decent. And then Eric Rowan comes out. And I give Brian Monzo credit because Monzo texted me this and kind of made me feel stupid because Eric Rowan comes out. He's standing there. You know, we knew what was going to happen. Referee gets knocked out. Rowan chokeslams AJ. Brian gets the victory. And I, you know, said to Moss, boy, I think... I guess they're going to start a stable for Daniel Bryan. And his response to me is, oh, really? What gave that away? Almost like I'm a complete utter moron. And he points out, did you notice Eric Rowan was kind of dressed like Daniel Bryan with the flannel shirt? I didn't even think of that. Honestly, you know what I thought when Eric Rowan came out? I thought, why the hell is Eric Rowan out there? Who the hell cares? But the, the, the uh, stable that they're going with could be a good idea. It actually could be smart. It could be a, you know, truth. What, what, what was the CM Punk group that he had, the Straight Edge Society? Yeah, another buddy of mine said that, that it could sound similar to that, the Straight Edge Society with Daniel Bryan. It kind of makes sense. I think he needs more guys than just Eric Rowan. Maybe Bray Wyatt comes back, and that's his new character. Though, if you do Bray Wyatt and you've got Eric Rowan, you're also, seems like you're going bizarro Wyatt family if you do that. But you could. Remember, Daniel Bryan was a lackey for the Wyatts for like two weeks many years ago. So it's it's different. It's interesting. It's got me intrigued to see the way where they go with it. I don't know what happens to AJ Styles because nobody will care about an AJ Styles-Eric Rowan feud. And that's what sucks about this. AJ has been so good for so long. If he continues with the company, where are they going with him? You know, you kind of have to end this A.J. Daniel Bryan feud. It needs to end. And then it leads to, well, who's Daniel Bryan's new feud? Seth Rollins, and I don't think by any stretch Seth Rollins will pick SmackDown and will pick the WWE title. But like I mentioned at the top, it it on paper at least makes sense. You know, a Daniel Bryan-Seth Rollins feud would make sense. It would be cool. It could work. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. Because I think Seth goes to Brock, especially since Seth has been dropping the hints about Brock Lesnar. But it, it could work. It could make sense. And then it leads you to, all right, well, who's Daniel Bryan going to fight? And the guy who I think would have the best feud with Daniel Bryan in a WrestleMania is John Cena. I think you've got the Bella Factor, obviously, the big Bella Factor. You got the fact that John is still pretty good on the mic. He could have some fun with all the stuff that Daniel Bryan is preaching. They have a history where they had that one great match five years ago, five and a half years ago at SummerSlam. Cena going for the record at WrestleMania. I think that's the most appealing way to go, but I don't know where John Cena is. John Cena was not in this Royal Rumble. I don't know if he has any plans on coming back at all, if he's even going to fight at WrestleMania, and if he is going to fight at WrestleMania, will he have any build to his match? So on paper, it sounds good that Cena Bryan would make a lot of sense, but you can't rely on John Cena. And finally, you had Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor. I was very, very disappointed by this garbage. Very disappointed. Now, I I never thought Finn Balor was going to win. Never did I think that. But how long was this match? What was it, five minutes? What an absolute joke. 
And sure, Finn Balor comes out. He gets his money moves. He does the uh, the coup de la, whatever the hell he calls it. But for Brock to instantly turn that into a submission move and have him tap out within a minute, come on. Finn Balor deserves better than that. And also, if Finn Balor is fighting for the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar at Chase Field in Arizona, he's not bringing out the demon thing? Then why does he even have the demon thing? What does he save it for? He saves it for what? For Baron Corbin? But he's not going to use it on Brock Lesnar? That sucked. See, the Lesnar-Brian match from Survivor Series, at least it was long enough. It told a story. The only story this told me is that Vince McMahon doesn't like Finn Balor. And don't give me this, well, the announcers put him over. They said uh, Brock was angry at Finn Balor. That's why he attacked him after the match was over. I don't know why he attacked him after the match was over. I don't think they're going to have another match. This is probably it. Very disappointed by that match. Very disappointed. I mean, ultimately, all the titles stayed except for the SmackDown tag team titles that went to freaking Miz and Shane McMahon. Look, overall, just wasn't a great show. It just wasn't. And, and I don't know if I was expecting more because what the hell could I expect? I mean, everything that we predicted happened. But just the, the, the placement of some of the matches, like I mentioned, Balor's match against Lesnar, the men's rumble being a bore, the fact they dragged this thing out for five hours, the fact that Corey Graves still thinks Paul Goldschmidt is on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Very underwhelming Royal Rumble, I got to tell you. And I admit, I doubt that you are listening to this at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. Maybe you're listening to this on Monday with a fresh night of sleep or Tuesday or Wednesday and you've had time to think to let this all marinate. Maybe this is my bias of an instant reaction because I'm pissed tired. It's 12.30, 12.20 in the morning, whatever the hell time it is. The, the event lasted forever. It just wouldn't end. So maybe that's my bias towards it. But overall, I thought it was a very blah Royal Rumble. And that's my instant reaction. And I hope you enjoyed it. You can listen to Joe Beningo and me, Evan Roberts, every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. Now get some freaking sleep.